0: And a very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Now that we got the whole day covered, the whole world covered, this is another snazzy-ass episode of Son of a Pitch with Michael Kowenka. That's me, Michael Kowenka, whose voice will lull you into amazingness for the next couple of minutes. Hope you enjoy it. Sit back, relax, bring a towel, because you should never leave home without one. And let's get going. All right, guys, I don't know about you, but it seems like every single time I meet with someone these days, fuck, it's been since like, I'd say maybe April. And I know it's standard. People just like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? They ask you, they ask you, how you doing? Which is great. Or even more particularly, they ask you, how's your business doing during these times? Is Is it taking the pinch? As though it's actually their business, as though if you were to turn around and say, well, you know what, I did take a hit, that they would suddenly turn around and give you a hand. You never know. Sometimes being vulnerable and honest can have its advantages and people might be able to help you. So it's never a bad idea, totally, to be vulnerable and honest and let people know exactly where you're at. Uh, When I first moved to the Netherlands, I felt like people here were extremely open which is weird because they just like you'd ask someone hey so how you feeling how you doing what's going on or whatever and they would tell you some of the most intimate details about their life like i just had an ingrown toenail removed and i'm i'm going to the doctors next week to deal with a bunion and uh an exploding uh ass pus and stuff like that you're just like uh ah, ah, dude tmi i was looking for fine thanks you not uh you know like ah. incorrect answer I'm, asking, I'm looking for something casual that demonstrates that we give a shit. But, you know, for some reason, from the get-go, my Dutch bromigos and sisters from other mistas have basically been super honest about where they're at, which is kind of refreshing. I think people here have been somewhat more real than, than most, and that perhaps maybe even it's my North American prudeness, my modalities of thinking. That hinder me from being so open and real with other people. That might have even reduced my opportunity spaces because I wasn't—I was putting on a brave face. Uh, so sometimes just being being up front can really help change the game for you. But that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is that when people ask you, "Hey, how's it going? Is your is your business suffering? Are you facing challenges?" I find myself in a I, in a in a blessed situation, I'm I'm fortunate to be in a position where I have spent so much time and so much energy and so much passion into learning about how to sell ideas, about how to get ideas across, and how to how to really convince people to buy into your concepts. I, because I had spent so much time myself trying to figure out how I was going to do that, and I got really interested in it. It's so brilliant how the mind works, how it receives and processes information, mixes it with a dash of context and situational awareness, and then outputs it into a, a matrix of a myriad of decisions and, and outcomes. That whole process there intrigues me, has always intrigued me since I was young. I remember when I was younger, I used to, I used to mess around with social engineering. I used to mess around with people's perceptions of reality you know i would uh i would try to send bits of information out to see how that would come back i went to a i went to a private school when i was younger a little sort of full of little fucking brats that i would probably hate today (laughs) myself included and uh and in there because it was so tight-knit and so closed to the rest of the world I had the opportunity to start playing with uh, social engineering of information and misinformation and see how cliques and nodes and groups of people interacted. I remember, you know, when I was in high school, I wasn't necessarily the most popular kid out there. And I would study, I would literally study how the cool kids would interact with each other, the way they would speak, their mannerisms. The kind of jokes they made the topics they spoke about and this is like a 15 year old so like already come on you know and i gave myself some credit there but uh, so as that sort of you know loser in the space i had to figure out how the successful people operated in there and that methodology has served me quite well throughout my years by looking at people that i think are successful that emulate the types of uh, values that I'd like to ascribe to uh, and the ways that they've gotten themselves to those values. Uh, And mirroring that is the way that we learn. It's not like I was born and I suddenly knew how to do all these things. I had to get interested in it and get passionate about stuff and then deep dive into it. But back to the original thing, when people ask you, hey, Michael, how's it going? Or hey, insert name here. How's it going? How's your business doing? I usually end up saying, actually. I'm in a luxurious position where there has never been a better time to help people sell their ideas, to get buy-in, to give, convince uh, shareholders, stakeholders, managers, bosses, peers, colleagues, subordinates, whole teams and slews of populations to see things in a way that you say things and eventually to translate that into stuff that uh, decisions that help you make your life easier and that's that's the sweet spot that's really the sweet spot here in in pitching and negotiations actually and this is also of course why uh, i think i might be moving and evolving away from this pure play conversation on sheer pitch training which itself gets a bad rap and into something more about deeper, more profound connections with people and relationships with people because the stuff that, that, that the real good persuasive strategies actually are rooted in extremely empathetic perspectives. You really have to, I shit you not, you have to put yourself in other people's shoes. You literally almost have to Johnny depth this shit. You got a method actor, this shit, you have to get so deep into what motivates people their their interests their motivations the things that gets them get them to do stuff that only by doing so can you actually figure out what the best way is to match your message with them it's an anti-egotistical approach you need to take the ego out of it take your hubris out of it take the you out of the negotiations stop selling all the shit that you think is important because you've spent your time on it and it is to you and start realizing that the best sales the best interactions the best means to convince people of your plight stems from a profound understanding of what people want what other people want and so the best most successful Negotiators and salespeople and, uh, and leaders are ones able to turn off their ego. Ones that are able to block out their own involvement in things and try to embody and understand and empathize with the people they're trying to connect with. There's a saying in negotiations that uh, the best negotiations is the art of of letting someone else have your way. I've always really loved that. I've always thought that's a brilliant, brilliant fucking idea. It's letting other people have your way as though this is something they came up with, but the best negotiations, the best the best kind of approach to these kind of interactions stems from understanding what they're about. And then suggesting ideas that fit with your worldview, your perspective, your insights as a means to solve their problems. And in so doing, letting them have your way. Letting them. Interesting. It's like I let you have my idea as though I didn't want you to adhere to this perspective in the first place. It's like, no, 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 no. I'd rather you be a pain in my ass and fight me every step of the way and try to negotiate shit. Just be just be a pain in my ass. I, that's exactly what I want. I want to wake up and connect with colleagues that are, that are fucking annoying and are always going to push back. No, 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 no. When dealing with clients that have that kind of situation, when dealing with peers and colleagues, etc., that, that are always resistant to your ideas and your insights and to seeing things the way you see it, it's... Really difficult to be able to switch out of it and feel like it's not a personal attack or feel like it's not a a direct affront to what I'm trying to accomplish. But that said, we've never been in a better time for people to have to present themselves in an amazing light, to reinvent themselves, to rediscover parts of themselves that they didn't know existed. Or that they always did but never really gave it Enough breathing space And as a consequence Doing so allows you To really Tap in To what really matters to you And then when you when you do that if Something beautiful happens Something uh, amazing happens that's, That allows both you And the person you're trying to move And convince and influence To literally get what you both want And it's in economic terms, that's the double link coincidence of wants. That's when I get what I want, you get what you want, everyone's happy, and then we go home happy. Uh, in negotiation world, it's the notion that uh, it's not a win-or-lose situation. It's not a I need to win and everyone else needs to suffer. It's not a zero-sum situation, but rather it's a sort of win-win. It's like you don't get everything you want, they don't get everything they want, but you don't leave disappointed. Neither one of you leave leaves disappointed. And I guess subconsciously, that's also a bone I have to pick with the current sort of world around pitch training, pitch consulting, investment advisory kind of services, is that there's always this, this notion that there's like a finite endpoint. Well, the people in my space here in Amsterdam have uh, adopted this rhetoric with, with their clients and peers of pitching to win, as though winning is everything. And I totally hate that. I totally disagree with that. You don't pitch to win. Because if you do, what exactly are you winning? You're winning money in the bank? Big fucking deal. You meet the right person, you can get money in the bank easily. Talk to enough friends and family, you can get some coins, you can get some shekels put into that bank account in no time. Pitching to win is bullshit. You don't pitch to win. You pitch to help. You pitch to connect. You pitch to start relationships, to grow relationships, to actually... Build. You pitch to build, you pitch to grow. It's, it's the difference between going to the grocery store and buying uh, a pack of tomatoes versus buying a pack of tomato seeds. Sure, it's a longer game. Sure, it takes patience and work and care and attention to nurture and grow and, and help it flourish. But at the end of everything, as my upstairs garden can attest to, and that's not a euphemism, the tomatoes that my kids and I have planted on our rooftop are fucking bountiful. So many tomatoes. I don't know why I'm talking about tomatoes, but for some reason, the analogy works. It's that we've taken the time from seedling up until now to enjoy literally the fruits of our labor there's nothing better than to walk upstairs and grab a tomato from our garden and then mix it into a salad with my kids. The Same thing for business relationships. Sure, you both get, at the end of the day, you both get tomatoes. You know, I go to the, the grocery store here, buy a, box, a bag of tomatoes, a sack of tomatoes, a pack of tomatoes, however they come and wherever you're from. And I do, I give it to my kids, it's the same process. But for some reason, and this could be due to the industrial complex. But for some reason the tomatoes that I grab from the rooftop that we've spent weeks and months cultivating and nurturing and caring for and looking after and fertilizing and caring everything for some reason they taste much better because there was there was something built into it there was an investment a personal investment of in the relationship itself that I think comes with a much more valuable outcome than anything else. Sure, the results are the same. You eat it, you'll enjoy it, you poop it out, and the hakuna matata, the cycle of life, comes back, and everything goes back again. But biggest difference, I didn't pay for the, the bag of tomatoes that I get from my roof apart from like my own in- relationship investment. I invested into it. I think that's the biggest difference, is that I've put an investment into it, and it's that investment that makes all the difference it's the the work that you put into building a relationship so what i'm getting at here is that the notion of pitching to win the notion of closing a deal the notion of getting it always be closing that kind of thing there's some there's some there's some honor to that having a proactive mindset towards closing deals and getting getting that rush of a sale i get that i love that but nothing is more valuable nothing is more salient and palpable nothing is is more fruitful than than pitching to grow Than pitching to build a relationship Than than saying hi than reaching out and saying hey i'm here too we're both going through the same kinds of things all of us around the world are dealing with the same what the fuckery that is 2020 And from a real human to human level, I could pitch for investment and get that investment. That's great. But when you get investment, there are investors behind it. And when they invest in your company, there are people behind it. And if you reduce your company, your people, the investors, the funding, down to something as banal as a checkbook, then that's what you get. If you make it about price Customers will always make it about cost is an uh, adage I heard in advertising language, which means if you make it about the value, people will focus on their benefits. If you make it about price, you'll always make it about cost because you're anchoring yourself on an arbitrary number. You're not showing that there's real value behind it. I mean, one of the biggest hurdles that I had to face in my career was actually breaking the 150 mark. That was actually, it was kind of weird. I was starting out, I didn't have any sort of thoughts about my my own value, my own sort of capacity to to do things for other people in a, in a big sort of way. And I had difficulties, I was stuck at 125, 150, like I would give people, I would say normally this is like $300, but uh, for you, you'll get it for 125, and that would be my level. And then when I started increasing the rates, not only did I weed out some of the chaff, some of the people that would just waste my time and mess with me for a cheap price, but it allowed me to demonstrate that there was a a perceived value associated with my actual value. And in fact, people were like, you don't charge me enough. So of course my next bill was much higher and they didn't like that either. So we found a better way to meet the, meet each other halfway. But what I'm trying to get at here is that when, when trying to build companies, networks, even leave your own mark in the world, Sometimes it's better to focus on the value on the relationships on the connections on the on the seeding of your ideas and capacity to help others or to to change people's lives seeding that as opposed to just merely pitching to win or merely doing something for the sheer checkbox of it the objective acquisition of an item service whatever and you know don't get me wrong with all due respect to everyone that pitches like that that you know it works for you it works for them and you know there are a lot of people out there that will be very transactional they are the door-to-door salesmen of the world they are the people that that believe that you need to make a million transactions to make a million of a dollar to make a, a million dollars whereas I'm Happier with you know a dozen transactions to make a million dollars over over the lifetime of a relationship, than rather seeing it as a wham bam thank you ma'am and then just fucking off and going back to jerking off you know or whatever it is you fucking do when you're not working or whatever it is Scre- scanning TikTok. Anyhow, those are my two cents about you know when when people ask me hey, man, how's your business doing? I usually turn to them and I say, listen, it's never been a better time to, to learn about how to pitch uh, your ideas and convince others to, to buy into your concepts and to, to build meaningful relationships that that grow and flourish and and help you actually make a difference in your life and other people's lives as a consequence. And so really trying to understand your role in all of this, your role in getting your ego out of it and building good relationships is is something that I think I wanna wanna double down on. I, I see that this is one thing that can bring people and companies orders of magnitude in terms of relationship growth and development and lifetime value in customers. People underestimate the value of lifetime value. Sure, it takes a lot more grit and resistance and ability to resist the stress of not getting anything in the, in the short term, but man, when those relationships convert, when those, when those relationships really flourish and give back, it's fucking beautiful. So give it a look. See what it does for you. Who knows? There's never been a better time to focus on good business through good relationships. And that's why the work I do with like accelerator programs, venture capital funds, executive leadership teams on how to innovate, how to negotiate deals, how to collaborate together uh, are some of the things that I've managed to package in a way that people can buy into and, and get, but at the root of it, the good relationships make good business. You have to be, you have to be really real about that. And sometimes you have to, you know, push the envelope and see what uh, where that comes. Sometimes some some relationships come as a result of poking the bear. One of my one of my longest business relationships that I've had, or one of a a long and you know, extremely, I'm not fruitful, but like rewarding. I think that's what it is. There's a sense of rewarding a sense of accomplishment a sense of being able to help others but one of those relationships that i had this uh this person actually i first met them by critiquing some stuff that they were were working on or by making some sort of a snarky remark on their linkedin or whatever and that piqued their interest they're like who is this motherfucker talking smack let's check out this smack talker and they're like wait a minute smack you talk good sir makes sense let's uh let's listen to what you got to say a couple of coffees afterwards we are now years down the road at least i guess five or six years at least shit and uh we're still great friends we hang out we're both each other's cheerleaders which i think is important we're both amazingly supportive of each other and in terms of business value there's nothing that's uh that's been more fruitful as a consequence so like over time it's the i would rather plant a tree and get to eat the fruit for years to come than to have to be forced to go in and out of a grocery store for one-off transactions to satisfy a micro need than anything else and i think when people ask me michael how's business doing I think deep down when you build enough of a solid network of relationships and connections and you look, you genuinely look after people, you genuinely try to help them do well, there's something really funky about the universe that just keeps giving back. That when, when you need it the most, literally like 11th hour when you need it the most, the universe has a fucking weird ass way of given stuff that you need or given you the right stuff when you need it when you need it, and i'm not going to be fatalist i don't believe in the fact that things are planned or that there's some sort of like there's a there's a reason behind everything if you believe in that good for you that's that's fantastic I don't necessarily ascribe to that concept, but I think that when you think when you when you look at the world as a ongoing evolving flourishing system of failures and successes and connections and relationships. It changes everything. When you look at entrepreneurship, these are people that take calculated risks, that think about the things that they're trying to do and and accomplish and and go out there and plant their own seeds and recognize that, shit, there could be a frost coming. There could be a flood coming. There could be anything that could destroy your crops. But there is value in putting in the effort in helping move the needle for building great relationships and cultivating great business. And that's, that's what I love doing, you know? And so, yeah, I package it like anyone else because that's how people can understand it. But deep down, as anyone can attest to, I make a solid effort to try to make a real meaningful connection with people whenever I can. Practically, how do you do this? One thing I love doing, and we didn't have the opportunity to before, but now using things like this medium, podcasts, using video, sending people uh, WhatsApp videos and getting those out there. And just saying, listen, hey, you know what? Like every interaction with a person doesn't have to be a moment to sell. It doesn't have to be an opportunity to be like, come buy my shit. Because to be honest with you, we're bombarded by that crap every single day. And nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for you trying to sell me more shit that I don't fucking need. Even if it, I did need it, I'm just going to shut down because it'll sound like you're sailing, you're selling me stuff. The real value here behind everything is about helping people, making people's lives easier and giving them the tools to do that for themselves as well. I'm more of a teacher fish than a fill out my fucking canvas or fart into a, a grid that, uh, helps you organize your ideas and don't get me wrong it's it's good to get organize your thoughts personally i use the slip method which i'll talk about in another uh, podcast from john Maida at uh, mit but i think deep down the best most fruitful relationships are the ones that you work on the ones that you cultivate the ones that you invest yourself in so i think at the end of this this rant, people come to you and ask you, "What, uh, what's meaningful? What matters? When they ask you if you're doing okay, it's all right, to be honest. It's all right to connect with them on a human level because newsflash, we're all human. We're all going through the same shit and different variations of it, different, you know, some people got corns in it, some people got other kinds of bits, some people got raisins, you never know. The shit is, is ridiculous. But the point is, at the end of the day, everyone has their own journey. And the more you take time to learn about their journey, the more yours becomes enriched. And the more chances you have to help and support others. And after all, what are we really doing this for? If not to help and grow each other and the species as a whole. Life isn't there so that we check in, check out, punch in, punch out, do the routine, go back to shitty fucking holidays in Ibiza or Cancun, and then come back to the day-to-day work and then lather, rinse, repeat do the same shit over and over and over again. If you're comfortable with that, that's fine. I think that's fucking not mind-numbing and boring as shit and doesn't focus on actual growth. But if you are someone, and I think you are, I know you are. If you're someone that's all about connecting with meaning, building good relationships, I guarantee you, you'll be happier as a result. I guarantee you, you will make for good business. What's the worst that can happen? You go back to transactional, go buy your tomatoes at the store and do the same shit? I say plant some fucking tomatoes. Give that a go. Let me know how it goes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another fantastic, riveting edge of your seat episode of Son of a Pitch with me, Michael Kowanka. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Tell all your friends about this podcast and spread the love. That's where it should be. Spread it like Nutella all over the toast. Have a great day. Stay classy. Stay sassy. Stay hydrated. Give zero fucks what other people think. And I'll see you real soon. Bye for now.